And this is really understanding why do people share stuff? And this is at the core of why do people, you know, why are they going to recommend your community? And this is my new, <laughs> my new favorite saying, conviction kills competition. The Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, overcoming the inner critic, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 216 of the Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and my mission is to put you in a position to take your creative pursuits full-time one day. At the end of each episode, I plug a listener of the week, stick around to figure out how you can get a permanent shout-out on a future episode. Are you struggling to get people to care about you, your work, and your vision? Growing an engaged community that does all the above isn't an overnight accomplishment. It's not supposed to be easy. It is a long-term play that yields massive results if you truly give a shit about the people you're serving. If this is an area you want to focus in, then you're in luck. Back today is my brother, Tom Ross, CEO of Design Cuts and co-host of the Honest Designers and BizBuds podcast. This dude is a marketing wizard who helps entrepreneurs and even creatives like you and me build engaged communities that truly give a crap about what we're putting into this world. In today's episode, Tom drops a ton of helpful tactical information on the four-pillar framework for defining your audience, determining the demand for what you do, understanding why people should care about what you're doing, how to create long-term super fans, and we also go deep on his free ultimate community building guide and more. Get ready to take notes as Tommy Boy doesn't hold back on this one. If you're ready to flip on the marketing switch and build an engaged community around what you do, then this is one you're going to want to listen to twice, maybe a third time. But before we get started, could you do me a favor? Tom poured a ton of energy and effort into this one. He does not hold back, I promise you. Like we had to stop early and he still had more to share. But please, it would mean the world to me as well as Tom if you took a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background. Make sure to tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. Or just simply share this with your family, your friends, or your following who you know will find this information helpful. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. PC family, we welcome back Tom Ross on the show today for like what, round 732 and a half? I actually think technically it's maybe round three for a solo episode, but it's been too long. How have you been, dude? I miss you. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me on, man. And yeah, I'm great. I miss you too. You've been living under a rock, grinding in silence, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today. But whenever you and I get together, like people better come prepared to take some notes and to just like feel all the good things and feel all the warm and fuzzies and follow it up with massive action. Like that's what I want people to do today. And I can assume you feel the same. Action's going to be the word. You know, I like to keep it practical. So uh, my biggest worry for today is how much I want to try and pack into like 45 minutes. But if people want more, we have a good step for them. For free, if you want to go deeper down the rabbit hole of what we're going to talk about today. Um, so if you want to know more about Tom, just go back. Episode 119, February 2019. Episode 156 in January 2020. And then last July 2020, you and Mike Janda were on. Um, episode 176 for a bid, uh, BizBuds feature. So yeah, you are a regular on this show. So this is number four 
technically. I appreciate it, man. But for those who may not know about you, go back to the old episodes. Just give us a brief Wikipedia page, elevator pitch about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I've been doing this since I was 12 years old. I'm 33 now. I think we're the same age, right, Scotty? July 31st, I turned 33. So here in a couple months. Yeah, I just turned 33. So I've been doing this, you know, over 20 years now. I've never had a traditional nine to five. I've just been dabbling in the online thing, had all kinds of projects over the years. Eight years ago, I started my company Design Cuts, which is the highest rated marketplace for creatives. And I'm so passionate about community that that is my side hustle. So I'm such a geek about it in my limited spare time. I just help teach community. I do a bunch of podcasts. I help as many fellow entrepreneurs as I can because because I love it. That's the truth. I love this stuff. I could talk about it forever. I get to have cool conversations with people like you, Scotty. So that's me. And I think that's why we hit it off within like two seconds of us linking up because I feel we're so aligned I think we've both done things the wrong way in the past. We've burned out. We've burned ourselves. We've hurt relationships. And we were just chasing the wrong carrot, I think, for the wrong mm-hmm. reasons early on. And I think what we're focused on today is helping people bypass those hurdles to go deeper. Because at the end of the day, truly, it is about community. Community changed the game for me. Like this podcast, is, I would not be here doing my thing full time and loving life, being fulfilled with my creative dream had it not been for community. Yeah, agreed. And me neither. And I can get into that in this episode, but it's been a complete paradigm shift, game changer. It is, right? It changes everything. And the before was not pretty, like where you're trying to figure it out and you're getting sucked into like all the sleazy crap that people are teaching. And then you're like, oh, actually, I just need an incredible tribe of people that actually care about me and I care about them. And that's rewarding and fun. And it's good business. Like everyone wins. Yeah. And I would say uh, sleazy marketing, we're not into marketing changed the game for me is flipping on the marketing switch and getting around someone like you who is a marketing guru. But for me, it's like relationship marketing. That's what it's all about. You know, go going deeper people. Yeah. People's the game. It's compounding impact one person at a time over time is how you create an engaged community that gives a shit about not only your work, but the human who creates it. And I think that's what we're chasing and helping other people uh, tap into as well. So why have you been living under a rock over the past three months? I've been living under a rock because I've been writing my first book, which is just out, but it is all about community. And truthfully, I've been writing this book in my head for about seven years. I was going to go down the publisher route and maybe I will in the future, but I talked to our mutual friend, Mike Janda. We did a whole podcast on what it's like to get a book published. And he was like, oh, basically I had to like ignore my company for six months work with editors on endless revisions and go through all the logistics of publishing. And I was like, okay, I do not have time for that, but I don't want to wait any longer because this book is bursting out of me. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to put it out in digital format. And then uh, kind of true to my style, I put it out for free because I genuinely want this to help a ton of people. And yeah, the feedback has been very humbling. I have to say like, it, it was literally at the time of recording, it was a few days ago, like three days ago, I released it and thousands of people have downloaded this thing already which is mind-blowing to me well and i think that's the power of community when you show up and serve people instead of just constantly so like dude we got to sell to survive okay like me i would say 80 percent of the time i'm giving away free information the other 20 percent, i'm selling to put food on my table and keep a mortgage going so like you got to sell but at the same time i feel like we're givers at the end of the day and we know that it'll come back to us in the end 
yeah i mean do both like you, you sell to the portion of your audience that want what it is you're offering and if that's five percent and then 95 percent get incredible stuff for free again everyone wins no one's like forcing anyone to buy and you look at some of the biggest innovators and disruptors in our space like i talk to Christo pretty often from the future how they win with their community is they give more than just about anyone give 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 all the time but you better believe they sell and they have incredible courses and stuff like that as well so yeah both i'm totally a believer i feel like at the end of the day it's let's give give more than you take and things will always come back and play in your favor you know and people will rally around you and support you so with that book today like we're not giving you a sales pitch to go buy some shit like dude we're gonna rip out some super valuable nuggets go deep like i'm just gonna let tom just slay it and melt your brains with value if you're stuck right now feeling like freelance is the only way well like no let me tell you about how building a community can powerfully change your creative pursuits, your side hustle, make you pandemic proof like it helped me last year. So let's talk about just the essence of your book and then let's just like rip some really important takeaways from it. And if people want more, they know where to get it. Cool. So the book is pretty much everything I know on community building, which has taken like 15 years of trial and error and experimentation to figure out, consolidated and compacted into a book that's I think 175 pages. And then within that, my whole style is make it actionable. I really hate when people are like headline scanners. So there's a lot of people being like, bring value, be authentic. And it's like, well, that's technically correct advice, but freaking how? Yeah, here's the why and the what, but here is a $700 course with upcharges to get the how. Yeah, and that bugs me. So, um, you know, I wanted it to be very tactical. And the ways I did that were I went very in depth, but then there's like, actual exercises in the book and frameworks where you run stuff through so that's kind of interactive in that capacity and then for me the best way i learn is seeing how other people have done it so there's actually 30 plus case studies from real life community builders and this is this includes scotty because he's awesome and i couldn't leave him out of the book right the way up to people i've connected with running literally billion dollar companies so I, I have like, you know, the co-founder of Social Chain, the fastest growing social agency ever in Europe, um, or there's the chief brand officer of Gymshark, who's an insanely nice guy. And what's interesting is the rules are the same with companies and people that care about community. There's people who are like seeing early success and doing some cool disruptive stuff. And then there's the billion dollar brands. And basically the rules are the same how you do this stuff it's it's you know people and and i started to see all these patterns emerge and what was interesting was i wrote this comprehensive book and i broke down like every step and broke it into sections and organized it then i went and did all the case studies and it basically was the case that every case study and every detail of what they told me i was like oh yeah that's chapter four like oh yeah that's page 114 which made me feel very confident that i had kind of covered it there was very little that was like completely new to me. But again, it's so insightful for me to learn from people exactly how they did it. Because then you take the tactics and when you see someone else apply them, that for me is incredibly inspiring. And I remember that from the early days of being an entrepreneur. Whenever I did a course, I was like, okay, I get the principles, but go and show me 10 different businesses that applied them because that's how it's going to really seep into my brain. 100%. And I think it's like seeing what works for other people what aligns with it, and then how can you make it work for yourself in your own unique way, your own spirit, your own secret sauce and everything. So um, what's kind of like one of the main top things you want to pull that you think 
would really hit home and strike a nerve with people. All right. So like I say, let's start with the foundational stuff. And I will give you a, you know, a few kind of headlines here, but then we can absolutely discuss deeper. You need to get the foundation right. I think all too many people, they're just kind of putting out whatever they feel like on social media or whatever, and they're trying to respond to what works and what doesn't, and they don't really know where they're going. And I'm a huge fan of you know, trying to actually get a plan in place. It doesn't mean you need to sit there and pontificate for months, but actually kind of thinking through what you're trying to build, who you're trying to serve, some of these fundamentals. Intention intention right and you know this is true for businesses businesses have business plans i think communities need community plans and even like a social media profile needs a plan and so when you look at some of those fundamentals what are they it's something you're passionate about and i see this time and time again and there's all kinds of frameworks like ikigai and stuff like that but fundamentally community is a ton of work so much work you're in the trenches every day you're having conversations at scale about this you're talking to endless people about whatever your chosen community topic is if you don't freaking love it and you can talk people's face off forever you are going to burn out you're going to lose interest it's so so imperative and i've seen so many of my coaching students where i'm kind of coaching them on something and i can tell something's not clicking and then they just pivot the topic and it's like the thing they care about most in the world and they could just run on empty like forever it seems so you have to get that piece and that is like the age-old question right what are we passionate about but i think there are things we can do and, and we can tune into that and we can we can really lean into that on the back of that you need to think well who am i going to serve so scotty what's something you're super passionate about and i don't mean what you do for business now like some esoteric hobby or something like that fitness yeah all right hence gym shark when he said gym shark my eyes lit up i'm like yes those are the shorts i'm wearing today at the gym oh no way i'm part of the gym shark community i want to be a part of that status okay i promise we didn't actually plan this but there is a case study in the book when it comes to fitness so i'm going to break that down for you this is not planned and i haven't even read this i only read my part yet selfishly <laughs> yeah first of all i'm going to give you the four frameworks and then I'm going to share this case study. So the four frameworks of who you want to cater to as a community. Number one, do you like them? Because again, you are going to burn out if you don't love the people you're serving. You need to get on with them, right? You need to enjoy their company because you're going to be having a lot of conversations with these people. Number two, do you understand them? You need to deploy a lot of empathy. You need to really understand what they're going through, their likes, dislikes, what they care about, what they aspire to, that's going to help you create incredible content and serve them better. Number three, are you credible to them? Do they trust you? Do they like you? Do they believe in what you're saying, believe in your vision and your mission? And number four, and this is really freaking important, can they pay you? Because I have a case study in the book and I've got so many in my past where we tried to do a website for unsigned bands and we were ticking the first three. We were an unsigned band ourselves. We got these people, et cetera, et cetera. But when it came to could they pay us, it's like, hell no. Unsigned bands have zero money. They had literally no budget. It would have been like impossible to monetize that audience from the bands themselves, at least. And so you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't think these things through and kind of check all the boxes. So by this point, it's like, you know, you've tuned into your passion. You've, you've got a topic, fitness, Scotty. You're then looking at the audience and it's like, well, do you like people in the fitness world? I'm guessing so. Do you understand them? Hell yeah, because you're there yourself. Are you credible to them? Well, yeah, because you're a freaking tank and like you know your stuff, right? You've been doing this for years. And can they pay you? Well, arguably, yeah. Maybe not all of them, but there's a lot of people in fitness who are affluent enough to invest. People who really want that transformation. 
Exactly, right? And this leads me perfectly to the next point. So demand, you need to think about the demand for a community. And demand is really comprised or a combination of three things. You've got the market size. How big is the market you're trying to serve? And in the case of fitness, it's freaking huge, right? Massive. I don't know how many people are like into fitness, but hundreds of millions, maybe? Like a bunch. Easily. Easily. So then you've got competition. Is there a need for a, another community like this? Is this audience, this market, overserved or underserved? And if it's really overserved, obviously it's going to be tougher. If it's underserved, it's going to be easier to break through. And then finally, passion. And I would say like fitness is actually not a not a bad one because some people are like very passionate or you know, they're desperate to lose weight, they're desperate to build muscle, whatever it might be. Like, you know, some people are super into fitness. There's some people in those hundreds of million or billions that may be more apathetic, but there's definitely a kind of passionate subset. And so I got this exercise in the book where it walks you through how to calculate or predict demand for your community. And in it, I argue that actually, if you're doing a generic fitness community, it's incredibly hard to break through in 2021 because it's so overserved. Like, hey, I want to appeal to all men, all women, all ages, or all genders, whatever, general neutral, uh -huh. and all fitness scenarios, dreams, goals, desires, as opposed to like, I want to work with dads who want to be fit and want to lift weights, yada, yada, like specificity. Yeah, or maybe like dads who don't care about looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they want to be able to pick up their kid and, and not have their back hurt. Right? So it's like functional fitness. And have the energy to track them around at the end of the day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? So it's like dad fitness. That that would be an interesting niche or community. Dad bods the dad fit. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and you know, that's such a great example. And that's going to make your life so much easier when you think in these terms of like niching and properly defining and looking at the demand of what's over and underserved. Because if you're just trying to be another generic fitness influencer, you're going to struggle because that is everyone on Instagram, right? oh, I'm here like with my shirt off. It's like, okay, you and a billion other dudes. What's different? And so the community that I call out, and I love this, it's one of my favorite case studies. It's called nerdfitness.com. You ever heard of this? Yeah, yeah. I think I've read it from your niching guide in the past. Oh, cool. Okay, so nerd fitness is such a great example because they conflated the two markets. They basically got people into fitness and then nerds. And they talk about like, if you're a nerd, but you love deadlifting, this is the place for you. And literally these are people that love like Comic-Con and they're dressing up like Captain America and all kinds of stuff, but they're getting freaking pumped in the gym. And what this means is they actually, I worked it out, they have zero competition. I could not find a competitor that's doing what they're doing. So you're going from like everyone competing with you to no one but they still got a potential audience of like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And people are so passionate, even more than like a general fitness lover, because they're like, oh my God, like, you know, I found my people. Like, I don't feel alienated or ostracized in the gym or whatever, because they don't identify as a typical gym bro or whatever it might be. Like me. Y yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're an intimid intimidating guy, Scotty. So I'm a meathead. <laughs> but like, I love that example. And, and that is such a good example of community because it's very much like I found my safe haven. I found my home, my private bubble where I can be myself and get the sense of belonging. And all of those things, you know, I really break down in the book, but like a sense of belonging is freaking huge it really matters safe space yeah yeah 100 percent. so you can kind of see why i started with this and i know you know i've come on before and talked about niching um 
that features a bit at the start of this book, but the reason it's so important is because if you screw that up, you make your life harder with everything that follows. Like we're going to dig in in this episode, like how do you grow a community? How do you create true fans? How do you nurture your people? All that good stuff. But you're giving yourself an impossible battle if you're trying to compete in a market where you're finished before you've even started or where worst yet, there's simply no demand. Maybe you pick the topic that you care about and no one else gives a crap which is pretty rare in this day and age. There's all kinds of esoteric random communities that have diehard fans, but you see my point, right? By actually surmising the demand and it doesn't mean you need to go do some random thing you don't care about just to cater to demand, but like little pivots and adjustments and repositioning of your brand could mean the difference between like breakout success or eternal struggle. And, and I would want to make an important note to anybody who's like new in their creative groove, who's feeling overwhelmed like they have to have this all figured out over time i was just for example until i started figuring out all of these things and the marketing switches and figuring out who i'm serving i was probably like four or five years into doing my thing as a side hustle until all these little switches started clicking so please what we're doing here is to help you just be more intentional in the meantime still experiment but there's levels of the niching you don't have to like have it all figured out in the first six months you know, little stretches of experimentation of things, but instead of just trying to do everything all at once, like go in little sprints of different things until you find something, you know, that you're really, really passionate about and that you're really good at that sweet spot. And over time you'll start developing or seeing or sensing where's the demand, a solution or a unique solution or value you could provide. So I don't want people to feel like super overwhelmed that they're like, Oh my God, I got to have all everything Tom figured out overnight. And I'm just new to this. Like you don't. You don't. It took me years to figure this out. And once you do figure it out, oh man, you're setting yourself up for big things to happen. Just being intentional, as you say, rather than ignoring it or suppressing it or never thinking about it is a good idea. Hobbyists aren't intentional. Professionals are intentional. Even if you're just like new to the game and you're hustling outside of a day job, you can still be a professional and be intentional about what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what the main core of what we're saying is be intentional. Next point, I want to quickly touch on... Um, platforms because these really matter as well and the basic premise is you want to pick a platform that you're passionate to use but also where your people naturally are spending time that's the best kind and in the book i give the example with gamers of it would be smart to start a gaming community on twitch or discord because that's literally where gamers live if you're trying to force them onto a facebook group they're probably not going to want to hang on hang out there so again the reason this is so important is it sounds like common sense, but the number of people I see who are trying to like shoehorn people into something that doesn't fit them or where they're not naturally spending time, again, you're kind of like finished before you've even started. And the same thing on the passion side, you need to do something that suits you. So my friend Dan like built this gigantic community of 50 people in his clubhouse club because he loves to talk. That's a good play for him. Whereas stuff like Instagram doesn't come as naturally. And so again, the sheer work it takes to actually build a community platform, you're not going to do it if it's not really something you enjoy. If you're more about chatting and writing, pick a platform appropriate to that. If it conflates with, you know, where your members are, if you're audio based, pick that. If you're video based, you know, do live webinars and live events like we do at my company design cuts. Like you have to pick something that's true to you. And again, this sounds like common sense, but it's amazing how many people skim over it just gloss over it and never think about it. And then they get frustrated. Why is it not working? Why am I getting no traction? It's like the fundamentals matter. So once you pick the platform, you need to think about the value prop. 
So I'm going to hit you with four value propositions for your community. This should answer the question, which is so essential building community. Why are people going to show up? Why are people going to come to your community? So number one is networking. Quite simply, are they going to connect with like-minded people? Are they going to have opportunities arise and moments of serendipity come up from the other people in the community? Number two is information. So is it a community predicated on teaching? When they're inside your community, they're going to learn stuff from you and other community members and community leaders and so on. Number three is belonging. And this is really powerful. Just feeling part of that group, part of that tribe goes a long way. And you look at so many successful communities, often this is cited as the most emotively charged and powerful reason for being in a community. And here's a, here's a weird example for you, Scotty. Religion, right? You go to the mosque once a week or you go to church once a week and you meet your group of people. Like that's powerful. That's a community. But arguably you get the same kind of sense of community and belonging if you're a freaking Trekkie and you're going to Star Trek conventions. That sense of belonging, it's super powerful. And again, it's that idea of like, oh, I finally found my people. I found my safe space and I feel like I'm one of them. And that's funny enough. That's how I felt when I, I went to Creative South. It's exactly how I felt when I went to Creative South or Crop Conference where I'm wearing on this t-shirt. Nice. Yeah. I want to recreate that feeling for people who do coaching with me or are part of my communities. That's that's it. Because I felt isolated. That's what I needed. Yeah. Like most so people that's what I want to create. don't give a crap, let alone understand what we do. Like half of my family don't, right? Yeah. Dude, nobody in my local area or my family understands what the hell I'm doing. I'm just the dude who doodles. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whereas like you and I, like I could talk to you forever about this stuff. Like I love it, right? We're so passionate. So when I went to Creative South, I made 200 friends more easily than I ever had in my life because everyone was on a, yeah, like on a level. I was running around drinking margaritas. Like, hey, I don't know you. Like it came so easy. I didn't have that, you know, innate awkwardness we all have in a new group. I don't know anyone. I can't approach anyone. It just came much easier. So sense of belonging really matters. And then the final one, entertainment. Like, is it a cool, fun place to be? Like, are they going to get, you know, humor and have a good time? Like, are they going to get a sense of awe and wonder, whatever it might be? And then you have to kind of pick out what are your value props and realize you can also blend them. So it could be that you're starting a teaching community, which you are, Scotty, right? You've got your coaching communities, that's informational, but you better believe you're going to be, you know, giving opportunities for networking. You have this close-knit family feel, sense of belonging, and you make it fun as well. So they can overlap. But again, I think mapping that out then lets you weave those things into everything. And I'm not a fan of doing things half-assed. So if you're saying, okay, I want it to be entertaining, you need to audit what you're doing. Look at your onboarding sequence. When someone signs up, have a freaking wacky, crazy video of you, like letting off balloons and being like, you're here. Like, I appreciate you. Like weave little moments of delight like that, because then you're actually putting your money where your mouth is rather than just saying, oh yeah, we're in, we're a fun, entertaining community, but everything's dry as hell. I have a student right now finished up in the spring program, uh, Michael Chang, Strong. And he built his original following on Twitch and he hits that entertainment bucket. And so whenever he would get a new subscriber, he'd get he'd get out his shake weight and he'd do like a shake weight <laughs> celebration for new people. So like perfect example. And you know what? Moments like that, they create another really powerful thing with communities, which is inside jokes. Super, super powerful. Like if people can reference things which only a member of the group gets then it tightens that sense of belonging right up. And it's like, oh, outsiders wouldn't get it. 
only we do like really really powerful i know we also wanted to talk about like how to grow your community you know and and i'm hoping can you parallel it real quick to someone who isn't necessarily like a business or a brand wanting to grow a community like a design cuts or something like that more like someone like me or you who we're building communities as side hustlers within our own personal brand as creatives in a sense or um entrepreneurs whatever it is okay so how to grow a community for someone like us someone like us yeah i I would say the most people more people are listening right now would be people growing something for themselves outside of a day job or they're like freelancers wanting to know like hey how do i create community around what i'm doing not just trying to attract clients yeah got it okay so um again i think the rules are actually pretty ubiquitous but not all the brands are willing to do some of the hand-to-hand combat, which I'm about to get into. And I freaking love that stuff. So I feel like four is the magic number in this book, but there's four pillars of growth for a community. There's one-to-one. There's word of mouth. There's distribution and there's inbound. And I'm going to break down those four things quickly, but it's essential to understanding them. So I'm going to take this in like the logical order. Generally, you want to start with one-to-one. If you've got like an empty or an early stage community and you haven't got big numbers and, you know, the engagement's not crazy yet, you're like, okay, I need to get some eyeballs. What most people are doing is the field of dreams approach, which is build it and they will come, which we both know doesn't work. Hope marketing, right? Which sucks. So I'm posting and posting for months, sometimes years. Why aren't I growing? And I'm going to keep doing the same thing, which is the definition of insanity, right? Keep doing the same thing, expect different results. And so the best way to do it is instead of waiting for people to come to you, you go to them and you essentially go build relationships and have conversations at scale. And it's incredibly unscalable. It's incredibly manual, but it's controllable. Rather than sitting there helpless being like, how do I get people to discover me? It's like, stop waiting around. You go to them. And this is where the early foundational work and there's a whole section in the book of like define your ideal audience member, your ideal community member. I call it your perfect person. Yeah, your perfect person. When you do that, it's a lot easier to figure out where they are. So it's like, where are they spending their time? What do they look like? How can you identify them? When you do the initial foundation work of there, well, then it's like, cool, I need to go find people. There they are. There's another one. There's another one. And then you just start chatting. It's not about selling. You're not saying follow for follow or any of that crap. It's like, just make friends, connect, geek out over your shared passion. And again, this goes back to the foundational stuff of like, you have to like them. You have to have that shared passion. You have to want to geek out with them. So that should be fun. Truthfully that, you know, it's a lot of work, but it should be fun. Like I love talking to hundreds of people every day about community something I'm very passionate about. I've got a bunch of calls booked over the next couple of weeks with people I just met who are like, hey, I'm doing this stuff over here. I'm like, cool, let's jump on a call and like share ideas and I want to hear what you're up to. I love this stuff. That should be how it feels building your community. Yeah, and one-to-one is always there, but definitely early in the beginning in the trenches, like a lot of my students are like, how do you grow an audience? I'm like, don't sit there and wait. Go, like little tactical things, like when you get a new follower, Go DM them and spark a conversation. When someone leaves you a comment and it's like a thoughtful comment or reply, don't fucking leave an emoji. That's lazy. <laughs> give a thoughtful response and yep. then carry it over and give them like an audio or a video message and just blow them away with a powerful personalized experience. Like that's the one-on-one game. Yeah, completely agree. And um, in fact, let's make it practical. I'll tell you something I'm doing right now. So 
I joined Community Club, which is a club for community builders, because I was like, this is perfect for my new direction. Obviously, I'm trying to reach people that give a crap about community. So I joined the club. They put on a live event. So I go to the event. I watch some of the lives. I start attending. I message some of the speakers. Love your talk. I connect with them. I got some calls booked with them. On the back of all my engagement during the event, they're like, oh, we're going to invite you to a private Slack channel where we got 2,000 like really high quality individuals and community builders. I'm like, cool, I'd be on it. Thanks so much. Go in the Slack. What am I doing now? I'm replying to loads of threads. I'm being a person of value. I'm trying to help everyone I can. I'm being friendly. I'm building relationships one by one by one. So when people say, okay, cool, but how do I do this? How do I find the people? It's like, well, figure out where they are, go there and then become a person of value. Give and give and give and be nice and be a decent human being and make friends. Like it's not rocket science, but people get lost. They get overwhelmed. They get intimidated. They don't know how to do it. Like, you know, that practical example right there maps to so many niches. Go find an existing community full of the kind of people that you want to meet. Facebook groups, like you name it, just go get involved, become a bit of a face, become known. So the next growth hack, word of mouth. And this is really understanding why do people share stuff? And this is at the core of why do people, you know, why are they going to recommend your community? And this is my new, <laughs> my new favorite saying, conviction kills competition. And to talk you through what I mean, most people are scared to go all in on something. Scotty, you're the side hustle coach. I am now in my spare time, the community building guy. We have conviction in what we're doing and that inherently makes us more referable. It was scary too, though. I don't want it to make anybody seem like you knew how weird and nervous and fearful I was, full of doubt. And some days I still deal with that, but yeah, it, it was great. I, it's not supposed to be easy. No, it's not. And guess what? Before, you might have occasionally talked about side hustling, but it wasn't your whole jam. Strictly because people would ask me questions on how to do it, you know? Right. And people don't refer people that do that. So I've seen there's a lot of people, they might write a book on community, but they wrote 20 other books. Or they do a one podcast on community, but they've got 200 other podcasts. So who's going to be like, oh yeah, they're the community guy or girl. Like they won't. It's just like part of what they're doing. They're flirting with it. They're not committed. Whereas when you're all about that thing, that's when people are like, yeah, you, oh, you want to learn about side hustles. Cool. And I've done that with you. That exploded my business was not flirting and going all in and owning it. That exploded everything yeah you're not flirting you're proposing you're getting married that's what it's all about so um yeah really is quality and conviction the two go hand in hand we recommend stuff that is high quality and we recommend people that have conviction in, in what they're doing and to my original quote there conviction kills competition it's because most people aren't willing to go all in and so you immediately make your life easier because everyone else is flirting so when you're trying to flirt too you're just in this crowd when you have conviction, the numbers just fall away because no one's willing to go as deep into community as I am or as deep into side hustling as you are. And oh, actually, I, I do have a, a quick example of this. So, you know, your business exploded. Guess what? Two weeks into me publicly planting my flag and saying, by the way, I'm the community guy now. You know what happened? People start saying, oh, yeah, Tom's the community expert. You should talk to him or you should connect with my friend great opportunity and they're in the community space too or can i book you for a coaching call because my community needs help literally everything lifted and that was from like a couple of public statements just saying i'm all about community now 
when you plant your flag, you put yourself in a position to be known for something versus known for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Or decent at a lot of things, but you're never top of mind. I'd rather be top of mind. And again, that's something which is relatively low work, but can be incredibly high impact and especially can compound over time. So I love the, you know, hand-to-hand combat stuff. We touched on with that one-to-one. Word of mouth, position yourself right, and it's going to compound and help you grow way into the future. The next piece is distribution. This is one of my favorites. And to give you an example, my friend, I did a guest newsletter for her. And I provided a bunch of value at the end. I, I was like, oh, by the way, check out my guide. I got a thousand newsletter subscribers from that one guest newsletter. Insane, right? And it took me a few hours to write. Can you imagine how long it would have taken me to attract a thousand people, one person at a time? A freaking bunch. So distribution is powerful and it's very, very overlooked. One of my, uh, my friends and coaching students, Tama, he was kind of flirting with distribution. And then I said to him, like, you're not doing this enough block off one week every single month where you basically like don't do other work you put a freaking out of office on your email inbox and you just reach out to people and try and get on podcasts get on webinars etc etc and his brand has taken off like it's really starting to find momentum and he's popping up everywhere as the expert in his niche which is black letter calligraphy he was on the happy ever crafter with becca like he's appearing everywhere and it's really starting to grow at an exponentially faster rate than it was before when he was kind of dabbling in it. So again, distribution matters. And there's a, a bunch of nuance in how to do this. So I'm going to break this down real fast. Looking at an audience to get in front of, they need to have an incredible amount of relevance and they need to be very active. And again, people normally gloss over these things. So relevance to your fitness example, Scotty, let's imagine that you were, um, I don't know, doing like CrossFit. I don't know if you hate CrossFit or love it. My body can't handle that these days. I got an old man back from blowing it out in football. <laughs> All right, let's say let's say powerlifting then. Okay. I'll get down with some of that still. Yeah, cool. So powerlifting. If you went and got in front of a community that just said general fitness community, and you were like, I'm gonna do a distribution effort, I'm gonna like do a guest blog for them or like a webinar or whatever it might be, it might be that only five percent of that audience are powerlifters. The rest, you've got people doing Zumba, Pilates, yoga, bodybuilding. Jazzercise. Yeah, jazzercise. (laughs) Like all of that stuff, right? And so you're going to convert pretty poorly. But if you went and did the same exact strategy in a powerlifting community, you can be sure that 100% of that audience are going to be into what you're doing. So again, most people skip over this and don't think about it, but it's like, go super, super relevant. This is like, I just want to be vulnerable. That's probably like the hardest thing for me is distribution from the self promo or asking for people. Cause I get hit up all the time with such gross outreach that I'm just like, I don't ever want to be that person. So like me asking to be on someone's podcast or something that makes me really uncomfortable. Even though I feel like I could do it from a total different direction of providing value. I just get hit up with such gross outreach all the time that it just like hurts outreach for me of wanting to do it for others. So that is something I need to go and uh, dive deep on within your book. Well, let's break it down. I'm on this podcast right now. This is distribution because this brings brand awareness and awareness for my free book. Why and how did I get on this podcast? Because I asked you to be. You didn't even ask for this. Why did you ask me? Because we're buddies and I believe in you and I want to invest in you and I know it can provide value to my audience. That's it. Relationship, 
quality, value, conviction, everything we're talking about. So it's not about going and spamming everyone. It's like putting in the legwork. And understanding the rejection or everything that comes with it. It's just, man, I just don't ever want to feel gross. But I think, I feel like I could master the way of cold outreach in a very um, productive value positioned way. I think honestly, it's more just based out of fear for sure. And just telling myself I don't have the time, but really it's like the fear of someone being like, dude, Scotty Russell just pitched himself in such a gross way. Like, I can't believe he would do that. Cause some of the times I'm like, I can't believe this person like just pitched themselves this way to me. You wouldn't do it in a gross way, but I think you're almost giving yourself too credit too much credit rather without being offensive. Like we, we worry like, Oh, they're going to like hate me. It's like, they're not going to care that much. I'm a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser. So it does stem from that. I get it. Me too. Me too. Um, but people don't care. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is they'll just ignore it. And the answer is always no, if you never ask. Yeah. Like no one's going to go trash you for asking to be on their podcast. Right. That's like the worst that, yeah. Yeah. So that's like a vulnerable thing for me as I recover from people pleasing. That's like the distribution thing is really, really hard for me. Yeah. That's an area, even my own coach has been like, yo, you need to like do this more. So it's funny timely that you said it so to break this down right i i just wrote the book i'm now batch writing four months worth of content and then i'm passing that over to my designer and my assistant to go schedule it from now until like september which gives me four months to do nothing but distribution with my personal brand literally i'm going underground for four months now to connect with everyone i can and go talk everywhere i can and shout about community that's how much I believe in distribution. Four months of my life is going into this. So earlier, I'm in that community club. Someone announces, oh, my podcast is on Product Hunt. It's a podcast all about community. And I just message them. I'm like, oh, looks amazing. Are you accepting guests? And they're like, yeah, we are. What have you done? And I tell them, they're like, cool. Let's have you on. I'll talk to you next week. We'll organize it. Boom, done. Like, that, that's not sleazy. Like, you know, they have a need. Are you looking for guests? Yes, we are. They have a need. I'm helping them and they're helping me. I just, I realize this is an, a, a weakness that will help me take the next step. So very, very timely stuff. Distribution. You basically, you want to look for the super relevant communities. You want to make sure they're active. You can tell, go through the comments. Are they getting comments? Are they spammy emojis or are they like diehard fans that are supporting everything they do? I mentioned Christo earlier, wherever that guy shows up, like 500 people show up. doesn't matter which platform that's a great indicator that they have an active audience. Look for people like that, that have fans rather than just spammy empty followers because you will get a thousand times the results. I think I've talked before on the show about vanity metrics. Example in the book, did a partnership with an audience of a million people. We did a partnership with an audience of 5,000 people. The one with 5,000, 20X the results of the one with a million. So don't just go chasing you know, distribution with people that have big audiences, often it's hollow as hell. Go look for those like super relevant, super active, even, you know, much smaller. Engaged. Yeah. And if it's super small, it doesn't matter. Relevance and activity, that's what you're looking for. So then go pitch them, get in front of them, and very crucially have a call to action. Let's make this kind of meta. You shouted my book out today. That is a specific call to action. You're not just getting there for pure brand awareness try and have a way to bring them back into your home. And I, I know you do the same thing. You've got all kinds of cool, like free guides and stuff, right? And here's a little paradigm shift, Scotty, because I really want to push you on the distribution this year. Realize that by doing it, you're getting in front of the most engaged people in their audience. 
because how many people total in your audience including all the social followers 50 60 k yeah 50 60 k i guarantee you're not getting 50 60 k who are listening to us right now no but whatever that smaller number is and i know it's still you know a really decent number they have naturally filtered themselves down to be the most engaged people in your community it's not the people on instagram that like have you on mute or whatever neither of us will get anything from them but right now whoever you know has me and scotty in your ear holes like you're an awesome engaged person in scotty's community and so through your distribution efforts you're naturally going to be reaching the best quality people and the most awesome people that you're actually looking to reach cool so inbound is basically why the rich get richer think about it the big communities always grow faster than when you're starting out because of social proof credibility etc it's really hard and it's a momentum game so realize that it will compound as you keep plugging away building your community you'll feel it start to speed up as you build it and build it and build it you can also do very intentional things so for example at my company design cuts we were like oh a ton of people are into procreate um, and we figured out what kind of audiences do we want to get in front of? We're like, well, Procreate communities. Rather than just relying on partnerships and distribution, we went and started a Procreate Facebook group called the Procreate Creative Community. That's got nearly 10,000 members now. Quick. It's growing super rapidly. One of the, yeah, quick, one of the biggest in the world. And every single day, people are searching Procreate on Facebook, joining the group and discovering us through Osmosis. And we're doing like outside of running it, like we're not doing any active effort for those people to find us, we just set up something that attracts inbound interest. All right, nurturing. First of all, there's two sections to how to nurture your community and create true fans. There is the highly unscalable way, and then there's the more scalable way. I believe you should be using both. Starting with unscalable, there is magic in the unscalable. I really, really believe that all the unscalable stuff we do for our audience where they're so like wowed and taken aback, like I freaking live for that stuff. So first of all, respond to everyone. It's a no brainer. A lot of people aren't doing it. How do you feel when someone leaves you on red or leaves you ignored or doesn't respond to your comment? It sucks, right? It's so powerful just to get back to everyone. I was off social media three months, came back on this week. I responded to over a thousand people that had built up while I was off social media. There were people from February where I was like, didn't forget about you and they're like oh my god i can't believe you got back to me it matters so one community mindset think about this scotty if you had one student single person in your community they were paying all your bills putting food on the table for your family showing up leaving comments the only person doing that you would treat them like gold dust right i would overserve. Overserve. you would do everything you can you know every, all their wants and needs like they'd be your best freaking friend Try and extend that mindset to as many of your core community as you can for as long as you can. It really matters, that one community mindset. Value magnitude. In the early days, especially, you have no leverage. No one gives a crap about you. I give the example in the book. If The Rock likes my photo on Instagram, I'm taking a screenshot, framing that in my house. I'm telling all my friends. It would like make my life, right? Because I'm a big fanboy of The Rock. It takes him two seconds because he has all the leverage. I'll give you an example. You need to give back value an order of magnitude greater than what your community give you because that's going to be one of the only ways they're going to continue to stick around in the early days when everyone else is pulling out their attention. You have to overserve. In the early days, I had seven people who regularly showed up in my comments and supported me before anyone else did. What I did was I responded to their stuff. I friended them. I DM'd them. I built genuine friendships. I invited them to a weekly private uh, coaching group 
and I gave them coaching, bearing in mind my hourly rate is like quite expensive, every single week for seven months in exchange for them liking a few Instagram posts and leaving some comments. Inarguably, that is a ridiculous value exchange. But on the back of it, that was the start of it all. They told their friends, they showed up, they became true fans, they sung about me from the rooftops. And when people ask me, how do you have such an engaged community? It's moments like that. Can you continue that forever? No. Should you do some of that stuff at the start? Hell yeah. And there's so many examples, like great case study in the book. When she started Show Me Your Drills, which had 65,000 students enrolled last term. Becca Cordes. Yeah, Becca Cordes. She had 65,000 students earlier this year in the last semester. When she started it in, I think, 2015, 2016, 20. With those 20, she showed up. She jumped on calls with them. She gave free value and consultancy. She wrote them letters and sent it to them in the mail. She did all of this stuff. And it was super interesting. I thought I was the only one crazy enough to do this stuff. But when I started interviewing highly successful people, they're like, I did that in year one too. And I'm like, damn, there's a pattern here. Powerful personalized experiences is yes. what I like to call it. And no one's talking about it, right? Most successful people, they don't talk about what they did eight years ago when they were doing this crazy manual stuff. But when you really drill down to it, a lot of them have done it, which makes me happy. So this, yeah, this goes to my next point, which is personalizing delight. Gymshark in the book, Black Friday went wrong, all kinds of technical issues. Ben Francis, the founder, he sat and wrote over a thousand handwritten apology notes and shipped it out to customers. They've invited people to their office and given them like crazy experiences meeting the whole team. You're trying to wow and delight people blow them away, make their day, make their year, create those moments. It's so important always, but especially at the start to get that momentum going. Um, you know, and true fans, this is something we've talked about on this show before, I think. This is how you do it. You need to just freaking delight people and, and over-serve them. Um, as you scale, you need to think about filtering your fans. So it's all well and good, like making friends with everyone and doing that at scale. It's hard to do when you've got 100,000 people. So to do that, you need to look for indicators of fanship which is generally engagement, them following you across various platforms, showing up in the comments, chatting to you, shouting you out, sharing you. Get those people and disproportionately allocate your time and do all the crazy magic, unscalable stuff with them. 80-20. 80-20. Or, although it's more like one ninety nine, to be honest, right? So you, you get that core like 1%, 10%, whatever it might be. And then you do the crazy hands-on stuff with them. And then you do the scalable stuff for the 90% few ways very quickly to scale your community efforts being authentic such a buzzword again i break down in the book exactly how to do that show all sides yourself not just the highlight we're on the best side be real uh, i talk about macro branding and micro branding micro branding so like the idiosyncrasies we all know about so with you know the rock my favorite guy obviously i know so much random stuff about like his snack mills and his banter with kevin hart and the cool stuff that he does for his crew that draws me to him more than the fact that he's a movie star, which is like what he's known for. The more you open up and share these moments, like I jump on and play the piano in my Instagram story, I get 12 people message me, oh, I love the piano too. Show the real you. And you could do that in a raw format, like on your stories. Yeah, show more of you and show all sides of you and show the, the idiosyncrasies you think don't matter because I guarantee they will be an in for someone to connect with you on that level. Your weird quirks. Yeah, like the more you share, the more opportunity you, you basically have four connections to build a connection with someone for sure go live 
you know, that's a great way or, you know, indeed record content like this. You're scalably helping people through this podcast. Answer one, answer many. So if you've got questions coming in, obviously address it in a public domain and help tons of people. Elect leaders and mods. So if you've got incredible people in your community who are naturally being helpful, then empower them, give them a status and, and you know, guide them with how to do that. Or if you need higher help, there's been people I've coached recently who could not keep up with it all. They hired help and it was a game changer for them. Uh, scale your vision great case study in the book with the future when they slapped a big 1 billion help a billion people mission and be one of the 1 billion minus one it went through the roof with the engagement and people resonating with their mission and signing up people buy into mission a lot of communities are kind of vision led um, and it's so important and again i kind of break down how how that works build with them get their feedback validate features and ideas no matter how random we let people choose stuff all the time at my company it could be something random, like pick our new logo or profile picture, or it could be like, do you want a, a course on this? Or should we move into this vertical or whatever it might be? Just make them feel like they have a say and their say matters. Listen to them. Um, and then there's a few more points, but I'm going to jump to the last one. It's one of my favorites. Give them a name. It's so powerful, right? Give a collective name for your community or your individual community members. And there's a few examples I cite, but basically a clever play on words can be highly effective. And then one that represents the vibe of your brand and your energy. So think early day Gary V, Vaniacs. Vayner Nation. Which is cool because it's a, yeah, Vayner Nation later on. So, you know, Vaniacs in particular plays to his high energy persona. You're a maniac, you're a Vaniac, but it's a clever play on name. You've got uh, Huel, which is like a energy supplement for fitness, um, fitness people. They call their uh, tribe, the hooligans, which is super smart. You got a, a UK rapper, Stefflon Don. She talks about the Don. She's like, I appreciate all my Dons. That creates a sense of belonging because it's like a badge of honor. It's PC fam who listens here, man. Exactly. Like, you know, truly part of the family. PC fam, right? And I know I'm showing a lot of love to this. I say it's clever, <laughs> but I like it and it still works. And so that creates a sense of belonging. I wear it like a badge of honor. I am part of this tribe, part of this community. There is so much more I could get into, but for now, I hope I hope that was valuable. I say we do an Instagram live in the meantime while this goes out and let's dive a little bit deeper. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's hard to pack it all in, to be honest, but I, I, I hope that was helpful as a gloss over of community. Oh man, this is insane. So where can people go to download this? I'll also have it in the show notes, but just someone listen on the fly. Where can people go to download this, in this as well as support you? So my new website is tomross.co, so .co. Uh, and you can find it there. Or if you go direct to it, it's at communitymanual.com. And I just hope it helps a ton of people, to be honest. I want this to be like the go-to practical guide for building an engaged community of people that actually give a crap. Yeah, and this is something I'm really passionate about too. And it's just nice because to me, growing an engaged community around your work is just one little layer of building a creative side hustle. You know, it's just part of it. Mindset, marketing, motivation, community building. So it's a pleasure to get a chance to just like spotlight you and melt people's faces with all this value. Cause I know this is what people are looking for at the end of the day. It's like, dude, you got to show up and do the work. Yeah. And it's real work, but if you love it, like who wouldn't love talking about something they're passionate about all day and meeting awesome like-minded people who support them and care about them and make a living off of that. What's better than that? It's the best feeling in the world. 
100%. Well, Tommy Boy, let's stay connected, and it's just a pleasure. You're a regular. You're, you're podcast family here. You're part of the PC fam. Thank you, man. Um, we will keep in touch, and yeah, I can't wait to have people download this book. You know, So when you download it, make sure you tag him, and uh, I'll give you all the call to actions in the intros and the outros. So much love to you, brother. It's a pleasure seeing you today. I, I love the show. Thank you for having me back on. I appreciate you. Always, brother. Peace. PC family, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tom Ross of Design Cuts. Do what you do best. If you found value in what he had to say today, please go blow him up right now over on Instagram or whatever platform you connect with him and share your biggest takeaway. Again, go and download his free Ultimate Community Building Guide in the show notes or simply visit communitymanual.com. You can find the full episode information containing all the links and references in the show notes within your current podcast listening app. There should be a link right away up at the top. And one final thing, are you feeling creatively stuck and isolated with your new creative pursuits? If so, you're the exact type of person I'm looking to work closely with in an upcoming Side Hustlers coaching program. This is a customized 12-week program for we're going 10 students the next time around, tapping into the next level of clarity, confidence, community, and accountability within their creative side hustle. I host this program every spring and fall, so learn more, enjoy the aimless waitlist over at sidehustlerscoaching.com to lock in a spot in the upcoming session. Again, that's in the show notes as well. And just a quick note, as of recording, being on the waitlist is going to set you up for the upcoming fall 2021 program that you can apply for, get first dibs on that, which takes place September 13th through December 5th. And if this show has helped you along your creative grind, could you do me a solid and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast platform you listen to that allows you to leave a review? That'd be dope. Not only does it help the show climb the charts in the arts design category, but it staples you in as a future listener of the week. And today's listener of the week is titled Awesome Podcast. And this one comes from Clarice Gomez from the United States. Clarice says, Scotty, host of the Perspective Podcast, highlights all aspects of creativity, side hustle, and more in this can't miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Thank you. Short and sweet to the point. I appreciate you, Clarice. And as I sign off, I want to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, social media coordinator, Hannah Schick, and Nick Jenkins of Bluka for the dope music you hear on this show. As you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this. <laughs>